chapter 24 to my beloved daughter Tsekhofat happy 15th birthday when I think about your age I must admit that it makes me feel old the other thing it does is make me realize how much I have lost by being in prison it is sobering but the thought of one day being with you gives me strength I may not know how you look now how your voice sounds your likes and your dislikes etc but you share mine and your mother's blood. Half of you is me, half of you is her. So a part of me is living outside of these prison walls. So I find myself praying more and more for you than for myself. God must take whatever blessings he has in reserve for me and give them to you rather. I want you to shine and do better than me. My lawyers say there is hope. They think I could be given parole and that this could be the last birthday letter I have to send to you from prison. I may be there with you on your sweet 16. What a thought. What a possibility. So I have given them your address and I hope they can find you and your grandparents so that we can start the process. I must admit, I am hopeful. I miss you. <sighs> Dream of you and I still love you. Lots of love, your beloved dad. The morning of the parole hearing finds Mulatlikhi awake in his cell. He did not sleep. The last 24 hours affected him more than he thought it would. This hearing comes at the worst time for him. What should have been a morning filled with optimism has turned to one of mourning. He knows that he is walking into a hearing that will add more nails to his coffin. Warder Maluleka brings Mulatlikhi his court hearing outfit. What is this Maluleki? asks Mulatlikhi. Hey, it's your formal clothes for your court, Baba. You can't go in there looking like a prisoner. Your lawyer gave these clothes about a month ago. You need to go and change, and I'll escort you to the police van, and they will take you to the venue, explains Wada Malulek. Mulatlekhi arrives at the parole hearing venue and notices that Pearl is there. She smiles as she sees him, and is unable to return it with a smile. Mo, I couldn't stay away. I'll officially quit when the job is done. You look good in a suit, comments Pearl. She could see that Mulatlikhi was not himself, but she wanted to help him change his mood. We both know that this will not end well, but you deserve to be here. You worked hard. And listen, I don't blame you. I guess my curse is as strong as I kept saying. None of this surprises me replies a solemn Mulatlikhi. Pearl doesn't know how to respond to that and instead walks to her chair and takes out her laptop to prepare for the hearing. The prosecutor walks into the room with Tsekhofato's grandparents. is not there. The parole hearing starts with the prosecutor explaining that they believe Mulatlikhi needs to complete his sentence as this would send the correct message to society about the criminal justice system. Pearl challenges that notion highlighting that Mulatlikhi is accused of kidnapping his own child when he was the only parent left to raise his child. The prosecutor explains that the child in question has written a letter to the court stating that she did not want to be in the same room as Mulatlikhi. The parole committee chairperson asks for the letter to be read out loud. Mohunut Sidi stands up and reads the letter written by Tsekhofatsu. Uh, to the people in the parole committee, my name is Gia Piri. 
I am a 16-year-old child who has been raised by Samson and Matsidi Sopiri. They are my grandparents. They had to raise me because my mother had a complicated pregnancy and did not survive my birth. My father stole me in the middle of the night because my grandparents protected me from being raised by an irresponsible man like him. They knew that he did not want me when I was still in the womb. He paid for my mother to abort me and luckily my grandparents intervened. So you see, the kidnapping could have had a worse outcome if my father was not caught. How was he ever going to raise me to be 16 years old when he didn't even want me when I was a couple of weeks old in the womb? I have had opportunities to talk to him and engage with him. I found him to be a good liar, someone who can tell you what you want to hear. I begged the community to not fall for his charm. My mother did and she died. I almost grew apart from my only family that loved me because of his lies. So as the victim in this case, I unequivocally state that Mullah Tlachimolev must not be released on parole. He must complete his sentence. Even when he completes it, he must stay far away from me. Thank you for taking my words seriously. I trust you will make a good decision. Regards, Kia Piri. Pearl tries to object to the letter, stating that the letter could have been fabricated by her grandparents. This is dismissed by the committee chair. And Tate Pir and Hunutsiri add their opinions, stating they do not approve of any parole for Mulatleri. The parole committee chairperson asks Mulatleri to justify why he deserves parole. Mulatleri refuses to speak for himself, explaining that if his daughter doesn't want him to have parole, there's no point for him to have freedom. Pearl decides to give up trying to convince the parole committee and rest her case. The parole committee does not hesitate and denies Mnachlechi parole. Tsakhofato's grandparents celebrate the outcome and leave the room singing church songs. Pearl cannot stop the tears from flowing. She is heartbroken by the outcome. She looks at Mnachlechi, hoping to see any hint of life in him, but she sees no emotion in his face. He looks like his life was long taken from him. Thank you for trying, Pearl. You deserved better, says Mulatlir. We have to try, Mo. We have to. Pearl tries to get Mulatlir to show some fight, but he doesn't do anything. I am going to give you your suit back. I, I tried not to make it dirty. Maybe you can get your money back. The wardens have my old clothes with them. I'm going to change and ask them to give you the suit back. I don't want it, Mo. Mo. I want you to come back to me. This version of you is not who I, I, I did all this for, replies an angry Pearl. Mulatlechi walks away from her and the warden follows him. Mulatlechi is transported back to the prison and Pearl is back at her place. She searches for all the comfort food that she can find in her house. She orders a pizza, McDonald's and chicken liquor. She is distraught. She is ugly crying in between each bite. She had pinned all her hopes on Mulatleri getting his parole. To her, his case meant more than the freedom of a person. It signified the possibility of justice being served, family being healed, and goodness being rewarded. She wanted to order more food, but her phone's battery was about to die. She looks at her phone charge and realizes that it's in her work bag, in her car. 
She goes to her car and opens the boot. She sees Mletlechi's suit in her boot and decides to take it with her, along with the bag. She thought to make herself feel better, she could burn Mletlechi's suit. She finds some firewood and her fire lighter. After she placed them in the fireplace, she grabs the suit. She throws the pants into the fireplace and takes the suit jacket. She felt something as she threw the jacket into the fireplace. She searches the jacket and finds an envelope, and it has her name on it. She opens it and sees that it's a note from Mulatleri. Dear Pearl, I hope you find this letter. I'm too much of a coward to hand it to you. Actually, I'm lying. I didn't want to give this to you because you would surely have read it and proceeded to be the hero that you are and stop me. Pearl, I am cursed. This curse has stopped me from being able to feel loved, to be loved. Anything that I love is either taken away from me or destroyed by me. I don't feel like it's fair for people to get caught up in my mess. So I predict that my parole hearing will go south and I'll be denied the chance to be free. So it is time for me to gain freedom from this tortured life I live. I'm not going to make it past tonight. Pearl, please don't blame yourself. I am the problem. You are a beautiful, intelligent, compassionate person who improved my life the day she walked in. I never wanted to admit that I had feelings for you so that you did not suffer the consequences of my affections. But I can't resist telling you that I love you. And I wish things could have turned out differently. But the curse is real. So please forgive me for leaving your world like this. Mo. Pearl freezes. She's unsure of what she just read and what it means. She reads it more than twice and only then does she see that Mulatlikhi was saying his goodbyes. He was planning to end his life. She rushes to her phone and realizes she hadn't put it on the charger. She grabs her car keys and her phone and decides to drive to the prison as quickly as she could. The drive to the prison feels like an eternity because it could never go quick enough for her. When she sees that her phone has enough charge to switch on, she makes a call to Wadamalilek. She begs her to check on Mulatlehi. By the time she arrives at the prison, the ambulance is there with Mulatlehi's body on a stretcher. Is he alive? Pearl asks, running towards the ambulance. Barely. We don't know what he took, but he isn't breathing properly. We are rushing him to the hospital. You can follow us, says Angisi with the EMT. Everything feels like a whirlwind for Pearl. Somehow she manages to follow the ambulance and keep her sanity. So many thoughts rush her mind about the worst case scenario. As she waits in the corridors next to the ICU, Oh, that the doctors can tell her that he is fighting for his life. Paul prays and prays and reads Mnachlechi's letter to her and prays some more. Never has her faith been tested so much. Never before have her prayers been sent to heaven like this.